Chapter Twelve of Legacy by James H. Schmitz. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Legacy, Chapter Twelve. Well, we didn't just leave it up to them," Quillen said. Ship's engineering spotted a radiation leak in their cabin, slight but definite. They got bundled out in a squawking hurry. He added, "They did get a better cabin, though." Might have been less trouble to get me to move," Trigger remarked. Might have been. I didn't know what mood you'd be in. Trigger decided to let that ride. This cocktail lounge was a very curious place. By the looks of it, there were thirty or forty people in their immediate vicinity. But if one looked again in a couple of minutes, there might be an entirely different thirty or forty people around sitting in easy chairs or at tables, standing about in small groups, talking, drinking, laughing, they drifted past slowly. Overhead, below, sometimes tilted at odd angles, fading from sight and presently returning. In actual fact, she and Quillen were in a little room by themselves, and with more than ordinary privacy, via an audio-block and a reconstruct scrambler which Quillen had switched on at their entry. I'll leave us out of the viewer circuit," he remarked, until you've finished your questions. Viewer circuit, she repeated. Quillen waved a hand around. That, he said. There are more commercial and industrial spies, political agents, top-class confidence men and what not on board this ship than you'd probably believe. A good percentage of them are pretty fair lip-readers, and the things you want to talk about are connected with the Federation's hottest current secret. So while it's a downright crime not to put you on immediate display in a place like this, we won't take the chance." Trigger let that ride, too. A group had materialized at an oblong table eight feet away while Quillen was speaking. Everybody at the table seemed fairly high, and two of the couples were embarrassingly amorous. But she couldn't quite picture any of them as somebody's spies or agents. She listened to the muted chatter some hub dialect she didn't know. "'None of those people can see or hear us, then?' she asked. "'Not until we want them to. Viewer gives you as much privacy as you like. Most of the crowd here just doesn't see much point to privacy. Like those two.' Trigger followed his glance. At a tilted angle above them, a matched pair of black-haired, black-gowned young sirens sat at a small table, sipping their drinks, looking languidly around. Twins, Trigger said. No, said Quellen. That's Blent and Company. Oh? Blent's a lady of leisure and somewhat excessively narcissistic tendencies, he explained. He gave the matched pair another brief study. Perhaps one can't really blame her. One of them's her facsimile. Blent, whichever it is, is never without her face. Oh, Trigger said. She'd been studying the gowns. That, she said a trifle enviously, is why I'm not at all eager to go on display here. Eh? said Quillen. Trigger turned to regard herself in the wall mirror on the right, which, she had noticed, remained carefully unobscured by drifting viewers and viewees. A thoughtful touch on the lounge management's part. Until we walked in here, she explained, I thought this was a pretty sharp little outfit I'm wearing. Hmm. Quillen said judiciously. 
he made a detailed appraisal of the mirror-image of the slim, green, backless, half-thigh-length sheath which had looked so breathtaking and seductive in a Sacy display window. Trigger's eyes narrowed a little. The Major had appraised the dress in detail before. "'It's about as sharp a little outfit you could get for around a hundred and fifty credits,' he remarked. Most of the items the girls are sporting here are personality conceptions. That starts at around ten to twenty times as high. I wasn't talking about displaying the dress. Now, what were those questions?" Trigger took a small sip of her drink, considering. She hadn't made up her mind about Major Quillen, but until she could evaluate him more definitely, it might be best to go by appearances. The appearances so far indicated small sips in his company. "'How did you people find me so quickly?' she asked. "'Next time you want to sneak off a civilized planet,' Quillen advised her, pick something like a small freighter, or hire a small boat to get you out of the system and flag down a freighter for you. Plenty of tramp captains will make a space stop to pick up a paying passenger. Liners we can check.' "'Sorry,' Trigger said meekly. I'm still new at this business." "'And thank God for that,' said Quillen. "'If you had the time and the money, it's also a good idea, of course, to zig a few times before you zag towards where you're really heading. Actually, I suppose, the credit for picking you up so fast should go to those collating computers.' "'Oh?' "'Yes.' Major Quillen looked broodingly at his drink for a moment. "'There they sit,' he remarked suddenly with their stupid plastic faces hanging out. Rows of them. You feed them something you don't understand. They don't understand it either. Nobody can tell me they can. But they kick it around and giggle a bit, and out comes some ungodly suggestion." "'So they helped you find me?' she said cautiously. It was clear that the Major had strong feelings about computers. "'Oh, sure,' he said. It usually turns out it was a good idea to do what those C.C.s say. Anything unusual that shows up in the area you're working on gets chunked into the things as a matter of course. We were on the liners. Dawn City reports back a couple of murders. Dawn City to the head of the list, cry the computers. Nobody asks why. They just plow into the ticket purchase records. And right there are the little R.G. thumbprints." He looked at Trigger. My own bet, he said, somewhat accusingly, was that you were one of those that had just taken off. We didn't know about that ticket reservation." "'What I don't see,' Trigger said, changing the subject, "'is why two murders should seem so very unusual. There must be quite a few of them, after all.' "'True,' said Quillen. "'But not murders that look like Katassin killings.' "'Oh,' she said, startled. "'Is that what these were?' That's what ship security thinks." Trigger frowned. But what could be the connection? Quillen reached across the table and patted her hand. You've got it, he said with approval. Exactly. No connection. Some day I'm going to walk down those rows, give each of them a blast where it will do the most good. It will be worth being broken for. Trigger said, I thought that Katassin planet was being guarded. It is. It would be very hard to sneak one out nowadays. But somebody's breeding them in the hub. Just a few. Keeps the price up. 
Trigger grimaced uncomfortably. She'd seen recordings of those swift, clever, constitutionally murderous creatures in action. You say it looked like Katassin killings. They haven't found it? No, but they think they got rid of it. Emptied the air from most of the ship after they surfaced and combed over the rest of it with life detectors. They've got a detector system set up now that would spot a Katassin if it moved twenty feet in any direction. Life detectors go haywire out of normal space, don't they? she said. That's why they surfaced then. Quillen nodded. You're a well-informed doll. They're pretty certain it's been sucked into space or disposed of by its owner, but they'll go on looking till we dive beyond Garth. Who got killed? A rest warden and a security officer. In the rest cubicle area. It might have been sent after somebody there. Apparently it ran into the two men and killed them on the spot. The officer got off one shot and that set off the automatic alarms. So Pussycat couldn't finish the job that time. It's all sort of gruesome, isn't it? Trigger said. Katassins are, Quillen agreed. That's a fact. Trigger took another sip. She set down her glass. There's something else, she said reluctantly. Yes? When you said you'd come on board to see I got to Manon, I was thinking none of the people who'd been after me on McCadden could know I was on the Dawn City. They might, though, quite easily." "'Oh?' said Quillen. "'Yes. You see, I made two calls to the ticket office. One from a street comweb and one from the bank. If they already had spotted me by that tracer material, they could have had an audio pick-up on me, I suppose.' "'I think we'd better suppose it,' said Quillen. You had a tail when you came out of the bank, anyway." His glance went past her. We'll get back to that later. Right now, take a look at that entrance, will you?" Trigger turned in the direction he'd indicated. "'They do look like they're somebody important,' she said. "'Do you know them?' "'Some of them. That gentleman, who looks like he almost has to be the Dawn City's first captain, really is the Dawn City's first captain. The ladies he's escorting into the lounge is Lyad Ermitine. The Ermitine. You've heard of the Ermitines. The Ermitine Wars? Trenest? Trigger said doubtfully. They're the ones. Lyad is the current head of the clan. The history of hub systems other than one's own became so involved so rapidly that its detailed study was engaged in only by specialists. Trigger wasn't one. Trenest is one of the restricted planets now, isn't it?" she ventured. It is. Restriction is supposed to be a handicap. But Trenest is also one of the wealthiest individual worlds in the hub. Trigger watched the woman with some interest as the party moved along in a dim corridor, followed by the viewer circuit's invisible pickup. Lyad Ermitine didn't look more than a few years older than she was herself. Rather small, slender, with delicately pretty features. She wore something ankle-length and long-sleeved in lusterless gray with an odd, smoky quality to it. "'Isn't she the Empress of Trenest or something of the sort?' Trigger asked. Quillen shook his head. "'They've had no Emperors there, technically, since they had to sign their treaty with the Federation. She just owns the planet, that's all.' "'What would she be doing going to Manon?' "'I'd like to know.' 
Quillen said. The Ermitine's a lady of many interests. Now, see the plump elderly man just behind her? The ugly one with the big head who sort of keeps blinking? That one. He's Belchick Pluley. And Pluley? Trigger interrupted. The Pluley lines? Yes. Why? Oh, nothing really. I heard a friend of mine. Pluley's got a yacht out in the Manon system, and a daughter. Quillen nodded. Neelock. How do you know? I've met her. Quite a girl, that Neelock. Only child of Pluley's old age, and he dotes on her. Anyway, he's been on the verge of being blacklisted by Grand Commerce off and on through the past three decades. But nobody's ever been able to pin anything more culpable on him than that he keeps skimming extremely close to the limits of a large number of laws. He's very rich, I imagine, Trigger said thoughtfully. Very. He'd be much richer, even, if it weren't for his hobby. What's that? Harems. The Pluley harems rate among the most intriguing and best educated in the hub. Trigger looked at Pluley again. Ugh she said faintly. Quillen laughed. The Pluley salaries are correspondingly high. Viewers dropping the group now, so there's just one more I'd like you to notice. The tall girl with black hair in orange. Trigger nodded. Yes, I see her. She's beautiful. So she is. She's also Space Scout Intelligence. Gaia. Comes from Farnhart, where they use the single-name system. A noted horsewoman, very wealthy, socially established. Which is why we like to use her in situations like this." Trigger was silent a moment. Then she said, "'What kind of situation is it? I mean, what's she doing with Lyad Ermitine and the others?' "'She's probably attached herself to the group as soon as she discovered Lyad had come on board. Which,' Quillen said, "'is exactly what I would have told Gaia to do if I'd spotted Lyad first. Trigger was silent a little longer this time. Were you thinking this Lyad could be one of our suspects? Well, said Quillen judiciously, let's say Lyad has all the basic qualifications. Since she's come on board, we'd better consider her. When something's going on that looks more than usually tricky, Lyad is always worth considering. And, there's one point that looks even more interesting to me now than it did at first. What's that? Those two little old ladies I eased out of their rightful cabin. Trigger looked at him. What about them? This about them. The Ascab of Elfgund is, you might say, one of the branch managers of the Ermitine interests in the hub. He is also a hard-working heel in his own right but he's not the right size to be one of the people we're thinking about. Lyad is. He might have been doing a job for her." "'Job?' she asked. She laughed. Not with those odd little grannies. We know the odd little grannies. They're the Ascab's poisoners and pretty slick at it. They were sizing you up while you were having that little chat, doll. Probably not for a coffin this time. You are just getting the equivalent of a pretty thorough medical checkup. Presumably, though, for some sinister ultimate purpose. How do you know? Trigger asked, very uncomfortably. 
One of those little suitcases in their cabin was a diagnostic recorder. It would have been standing fairly close to the door while you were there. If they didn't take your recordings out before I got there, they're still inside. They're being watched, and they know it. It seemed like a good idea to keep the ASCAB feeling fairly nervous until we found out whether those sweethearts of his had been parked next door to you on purpose." "'Apparently they were,' Trigger admitted. "'Nice bunch of people. Oh, they're not all bad. Lyad has her points. And old Belchick, for example, isn't really a heel. He just had no ethics. Or morals. And revolting habits. Anyway, all this brings up the matter of what we should do with you now." Trigger set her glass down on the table. "'Refill?' Quillen inquired. He reached for the iced crystal pitcher between them. "'No,' she said. "'I just want to make a statement.' "'State away.' He refilled his own glass. "'For some reason,' said Trigger, "'I've been acting lately, the last two days, in a remarkably stupid manner. Quillen choked. He set his glass down hastily, reached over, and patted her hand. Doll, he said, touched, it's come to you, at last. She scowled at him. I don't usually act that way. That, said Quillen, was what had me so baffled. According to the Commissioner and others, you're as bright in the head as a diamond usually. And frankly, I know it, Trigger said dangerously. Don't rub it in." "'I apologize,' said Quillen. He patted her other hand. "'At any rate,' Trigger said, drawing her hands back, "'now that I've realized it, I'm going to make up for it. From here on out, I'll cooperate.' "'To the hilt?' She nodded. "'To the hilt. Whatever that is.' "'You can't imagine,' said Quillen, "'how much that relieves me.' He refilled her glass, giving her a relieved look. I had definite instructions, of course, not to do anything like grabbing you by the back of the neck, flinging you into a rest cubicle, and sitting on it, guns drawn until we berthed in pre-call port. But I was tempted, I can tell you." He paused and thought. "'You know,' he began again, "'that really would be the best.' "'No,' Trigger said indignantly. When I said cooperate, I meant actively. Mihul said I'm considered one of the gang in this project. From now on, I'll behave like one. And I'll also expect to be treated like one." Hmm," said Quillen. Well, there is something you can do, all right. What's that? Go on display here, now. What for? she asked. As bait, you sweet ninny! If the boss-grabber is on this ship, we should draw a new nibble from him." He appraised the green dress in the mirror again. His expression grew absent. It might be best, Trigger suspected, a trifle uneasily, to keep Major Quillen's thoughts turned away from things like nibbling. "'All right,' she said briskly. "'Let's do that. But you'll have to brief me.' End of chapter 12